This morning we invite you back to the book of Proverbs chapter 1. The book of Proverbs chapter 1. We'll be reading one verse for our text. One that is a familiar verse to all of us. Verse number 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Subject set before us this morning is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Do you fear the Lord? You may ask the question, who is the Lord? Pharaoh of old, he asked that question. He said, who is the Lord that I should obey Him? Pharaoh in his very words indicated, I know not the Lord. In those very words he indicated, I know nothing about the Lord, nor do I have that of a relationship with the Lord. You may ask the question, what is the fear of the Lord? You ask, do you fear the Lord? Well, what is the fear of the Lord? Well, the text before us says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise the wisdom and instruction. We ask the question, is the writer here giving us a definition here of the fear of the Lord, or is he giving us a description of the fear of the Lord? Not only do we have this statement found here in Proverbs chapter 1 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but we have several other passages throughout the book of Proverbs that take on the same similar order of words. Over in Proverbs chapter 8 and in verse number 13, we read, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. In chapter 9 and in verse number 10, the writer of Proverbs writes, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Chapter 14, and in verse number 27, the writer of Proverbs writes, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Chapter 19, verse number 23, the writer of Proverbs writes, The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide, satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. You note here in this verse that the writer of Proverbs makes a distinction, a definite distinction here from what he says. He says the fear of the Lord tendeth to life, or in other words, it leads to life, and he that hath it has it, that is the fear of the Lord, shall abide 
satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. I believe as we look at these other verses that are found throughout the book of Proverbs, and there's probably several others uh, that we could have read, I believe that we see that these verses, that they give us an actual description of uh, the fear of the Lord rather than a definitive uh, explanation or or, or a definitive definition uh, of uh, the phrase. In the study, uh, we would ask the third question which you may ask, and that is, why should I fear the Lord? Why should I fear the Lord? Well, the answer to this question takes us back to really that is the first question. That first question who asks, who is the Lord? For it's in answering that question that we will surely find out why that we should fear the Lord. Who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Moses, when he began to write the Holy Scriptures in the book of Genesis, in chapter 1, he began with, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. The Lord, He is God. He is God and You'll note there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, that Moses doesn't give any explanation. He doesn't give any explanation of who God is or that of uh, where he became, become into existence. He just said, in the beginning, God. God was in the beginning. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 4, he wrote, These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. You'll note, he said the Lord God. That is Jehovah God. Jehovah Elohim. The same Lord spoken of here in this verse, is the same Lord spoken of in our text. It's Jehovah. Jehovah God. Now as we fast forward in the Holy Scriptures, and we come to the book of Exodus chapter 3, we have further enlightenment given to us about who the Lord uh, is. The Lord called Moses, if you remember, uh, to be the leader of the children of Israel and the job of leading them out of the land of Egypt. He told Moses, go and tell this to the Israelites. Well, Moses, he said, well, who should I tell them has sent me? And the Lord told Moses, tell them, I am that I am, and thou shalt say unto them, I am has sent me. In telling Moses to tell them I am has sent you, he he was telling them to tell them that the eternal, self-existent God, 
the sovereign of the universe, the creator of all, was the one who had sent him unto them. Who is the Lord? He is God. He is the I Am. The Eternal One. The Self-Existent One. The Sovereign One. The All-Powerful One. There's more that can be said. But let us go to that of the second question that we want to consider or the, or the second answer that we want to give with regards to the question, who is the Lord? We say to you that He is the Creator of all things. You know, when we look around in the world that we live in, we look up into that of the heavens, we see mighty things. We see the heavens and all of the stars at night, the moon, the sun. The Lord created all of these things. He's the creator of the heaven and the earth. He's the creator of light. The creator of the dry land and the seas, the lights in the heavens, the sea creatures, the land creatures. The psalmist David wrote, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1, verses, or verse 20, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Beloved, man is without excuse when it comes to that of the existence of God. For the heavens declare that of His, ex his existence. All creation, it screams out that it is a creation that has been created by that One who is a mighty, powerful Creator. He is the Creator of all things. The Creator of all things. And then we would say to you that He is your Creator. Your Creator. Well, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, we have the creation of man. And in particular there in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 26, we have the Godhead, we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. For there in chapter 1 verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image. You'll note the pronoun us there. I've pointed this out several times uh, through the course of time that we've uh, been preaching here. The us is plural here. We have that of the Godhead, beloved, here in these words. When it says, 
God said, let us make man in our image. We have the triune God here. And He is the Creator of man. Now, here in Genesis we have the creation of man in general, we would say to you. In other words, what we're talking about here is, is that we have the creation of mankind. Now, that's not to say that what we have over in chapter 2 is not true, because it is. Chapter 2 gives us more of an intimate uh, account of that of the creation of man. Where mankind began, where mankind came forth. But here in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Here, the triune God is speaking And beloved, it has to do with that of the creation of mankind in general. And you note, man is made in the image and likeness of his creator. We're told here. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Nothing like this is said of that of the creatures, that of the sea animals, uh, that of the land animals, only that of man, who is a creature of God. Over in chapter 2, we have a more intimate account of creation. The creation of the first man and the first woman. Chapter 2 and verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The Lord God is your Creator. You're not an accident. For you see, God created man, and the first man was out of Adam, and from, we know from chapter 2, the Lord God took from the side of Adam uh, and made that of woman. And it was from that first couple that mankind as we know it came into existence. You're not an accident. But you are fearfully and wonderfully made, as the psalmist David of old declared of himself. He says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. The psalmist David, as he thought upon that of his himself, upon that of his own physical body, that of his life, he knew that, beloved, it was a result of that of a personal creator. Mm-hmm. 
Say, well, I came forth from my mother's womb. Yes. And how did you come forth from your mother's womb? It wasn't by accident. No, beloved. It wasn't by accident. It was the means that the Lord had ordained, beloved, that you should come forth. We would say to you as God, as your personal creator, you are accountable unto him. You are accountable unto him. And this is made very clear in the very beginning of the Holy Scriptures. Adam, the first man, was accountable unto the Lord. In chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, we read, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. When God made Adam and placed him there in the garden, beloved, He gave him that of a job to do. He was to dress it. He was to keep it. He had a job to do and he was accountable unto the Lord for it. But not only was he accountable for, to the Lord for that of the keeping of the garden, but you'll also note there in those verses it says, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Not only was Adam accountable unto God for the keeping of the garden, but he was also accountable unto God to be submissive, beloved, to that of the law that God gave here. He was to obey. But we know the terrible account that we find in Genesis chapter 3 that that didn't take place. Paul, in speaking to the Athenians, declared the one true God and he told the Athenians, God has appointed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness. So going back to the question that we ask, or we propose that you may ask, the fear of the Lord. Who, who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? He is Jehovah, God. Jehovah, God. The I Am. The Eternal self-existent, almighty, sovereign, and creator of all things and of you individually, personally. That's who the Lord is. He is the I Am. He's creator of all things. And He is your Creator. Those are just some things. Some things about that of 
and the answer to that is a question of who the Lord is. There is a lot more that can be said. But the point that I want to make to you this morning here is, is simply this. That as an individual, as a person, God is our Creator and we are accountable unto Him. He is the Sovereign. Eternal God. There is none who is greater than Him. And we are accountable unto Him. And so that's the first answer that we would give to you with regards to why, who is the Lord. And as we said, that question, why should we, why should we fear Him? Because of who He is. Because of who He is. You know, the Lord Jesus, while He was here upon the earth, He said, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear Him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. He's the one that you're accountable to. What kind of relationship do you have to Him? Do you fear Him? Do you fear Him? The writer of Proverbs, Solomon in chapter 1 verse 7 said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The beginning. Or we could say, the foundation. The foundation of all knowledge. And knowledge of Him is the most important knowledge anyone can have. Over there in Proverbs chapter 9 verse number 10 where we read as the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Is understanding. Do you know the Lord? As we think of it, the Old Testament saints, they look forward to the time in which the Lord would come. The anointed one. David knew the Lord. David knew the Lord personally. He knew Him through that of the revelation that had been given to him. You know, we have a much greater revelation given to us this side of, of Calvary. Who is the Lord? He's, he's the Savior. He's the only Savior. 
Only through what He did upon the cross are we delivered from that of our terrible state before the Lord. All right. Let's stand and we'll have a closing hymn on the back of your boat. We have an old hymn. Christ receiveth sinful